It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. <laughs> Joe, yeah. have you ever hard. been to a music festival? Uh, of course I have. Like, but it depends Bonnaroo? what kind. Like a little. Oh, now you're talking big ones. Bonnaroo, you're not on. You're yet. not on yet. Our you, guest already least. wants to. He's obviously broadcasting. In. He must be heard. I bet the amphetamines kicked in. <sighs> he's a little, little. Yeah, he's got a tick. Got a facial tick going. It's, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. What so it is. you went to a big one. I did. I recently because yeah. we try to keep this evergreen. Uh, evergreen. We. Uh, uh, it's called Great uh, Darker Waves, and it was New Age. New oh. wave things. Oh uh, Lindley, my wife, big into uh, OMD, Echo and the Bunny Man, B-52s, New Order, um, uh, Tears for Fears, The Cardigans, uh, it, Death in Vegas. Uh, it was, here's what I didn't know. I didn't get the memo. And? Uh, you're supposed to, this is a goth kind of vibe. You had, you were too positive. You didn't mope enough. I, well, I didn't, I, I dressed like I was going to the U S open at Flushing Meadows. Yeah. I, I, I had on no. white shoes. It Sorry. was at the beach That's not in it. California. So care. I wore, I wore shorts that were white that had blue little pineapples on them and, nice. and a t-shirt and, and a, uh, a jacket that looked like John McEnroe's Fila from 1984, 82, when he played Borg, you know, it was red, white, and blue. I, I was not hard to find. Well, I did not you, know. And you Lindley were yourself. Was, you were the only one who was yourself. Everyone else pretends to be whatever character. It was a, you know, the 80s goth stuff were people like, you know, that were in Dungeons and Dragons but had musical talent and moved forward. It's there. It was the weirdest. Uh, so which the, the groups you're describing were the 80s. Remember that on MTV? Upbeat, yeah, well, that you're exactly MTV. right. They, they were able to kind of show their... Yeah, their their form on MTV, and they had to have a look, but it was That's just it. the music does not match the look because this is very whimsical pop stuff. Sure, right. it's you know Love Shack. It's a, right. and then all of a sudden they look like exactly they look like you know Robert Smith of the Cure, and Little I'm like, mopers. why are you just depressed all the time? Anyway, we, I just thought we always cool. called them the fashion posse because they always thought that they looked so unique and different, but they all looked exactly the same. So. Uh, but the 80s, you were an 80s fan. We both are 80s fans, but I think we I fringed more on uh, the John Mellencamps to the uh, give me some more 80s. I, I did Springsteen, Springsteen Mellencamp, years, uh, all that stuff. Uh, if Foreigner yeah. bought, did a lot of no. classic. And I didn't do the grunge. I missed the, I didn't care for no. the grunge. No, my no. wife loved the fix. Uh, the ELOs of the year. She loved. She would. She should have gone with Lindley. She should have. That would have. Why been didn't good. we just pair them up? And I could have gone to Auburn Senior Day. You could have come drank. We beer did with not me. think this through. And the women could have gone to. Uh, <laughs> we got. We got. We got to get our schedules or to together's Mopey, and all this. Okay, Mopey hey, Fest. Do we have a guest today? That's he's going to sound familiar. Oh, so. he's going to sound familiar. Maybe he should introduce himself uh, here. But yeah, this here. is what he sounds like. Yeah. Hey, we know people. Let's take a spin through Joe and John's Rolodex. <laughs> and it stops on Double E, Eagle, Eric Elliott, who is uh, the uh, producer of this show when it comes to those sweepers. You just did that. We should just had you done it live. Well... I would have had to have a script. Yes, you would. And <laughs> I would require advanced planning yes. once again. It's something you and I know nothing know nothing about. It, it, it is a real pleasure it's to have time you here. for a cup of Joe. Yeah. 
and John. Eric is a fool. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Eric, thank just, you. I feel like I feel like you kind of overplay Joe, underplay me, <laughs> yep. and no. uh, that's about the way it should be. Eric's a forty-year. Right, that's true. Cash. A forty-year radio guy, a great producer. We'll talk about his Apple Music days now. Eric was uh, did production on my Joe Elvis shows back in the day, and uh, a musician himself. And it is just, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. And I'm glad you said yes to being on the second cup of Joe. And John! <laughs> See, we did that just for you. That's so good. So, uh, seriously, Eric does those sweepers that, that, that we put on our show. And uh, production's been a big part of your life in broadcasting. And... Um, 40 years later, you're still doing it. Yep. And you're just absolutely one of the best in town. Congratulations. Oh. Well, thank you. You're about the only person who would ever say that in yeah, this town. You're making big money now, so somebody <laughs> likes what you're doing. <laughs> Did you know when you, where'd you grow up? What's your story? Grew up on a farm in southwest Missouri. Um, my mom was huge influence on me. Hilarious uh, musician, self-taught. So I picked up a lot of that from her, but she was, she was really funny and it was always kind of funny around the house, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, I was driving a tractor when I was six years old and, um, there's a radio on the tractor. We were the rich farmers. This, this doesn't sound like yes. nothing. Like I'm just checking to see if you have all your limbs. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it was AM radio. Yeah. Well, it a was. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it was AM radio. And out of Kansas City, which was 150 miles north, was WHB, uh, which was a you know 50,000-watt clear channel station um, that, like WLAC, reaches back then reached many states at night and so we could pick it up in the daytime in the middle of the field and uh johnny dolan in the morning and phil jay in the afternoon and they had characters they had chicken man do you know chicken man no i was uh uh skipping forward just for a second the show that i that i had on iheart radio that i owned myself the eldon thacker show great show i ran chicken man uh i found the the episodes <laughs> and it was an episodic you know um i can't remember the the gentleman's name but the his company was called radio ranch and they did all of this character driven theater of the mind stuff and chicken man was a a sleuth who dressed up like a chicken and it was hilarious. Different. And it was like three minutes long. And so that was what I did. Really you have a voice? Did you give them a voice on your show? Uh, Chicken Man? Yeah. No, they were produced. These okay. were these were from the, the gotcha. 60s, 60s and 70s. And and so I picked that kind of stuff up when I was in grade school. Um, one specific memory that I have was uh, it's about second grade. And there was a book in the classroom, and it was some sort of, you know, some sort of psychological book about facial expressions. And it was pages of babies with different facial expressions. And I remember specifically sitting and making up voices for each 
face. Oh, good. And my classmates would sit around <laughs> wonder what's wrong with you? wonder if you're if the drugs have kicked in or are you are you medicated just the right way. Uh, That's just an interesting thing terrific. to remember. Second grade, yeah, to this book. And I was, I was a huge Jerry Lewis fan. Okay, so yeah, very physical comedy. Yeah, you know. physical comedy and silly voice sort of guy. So. Um, I think that's where it started. You mentioned Eldon Thacker. Talk about Eldon Thacker. So this was on, uh, Eric had a show on 1510 WLAC AM here in Nashville for years. And Eldon Thacker, you rolled into, I think you can find it on iHeart now. Can you? No. Now, talk, do Eldon's voice good, and talk, good, good do, a show, quick, do a quick description of, uh, <laughs> do a quick description of your Eldon Thacker character. Well, now, Joe, Eldon was from Knob Lake, Kentucky. Kind of a hillbilly philosopher, if you will. And up in Knob Lake, there was bobbin flips, sop and dip in Knob Lake. And they had bobbin flips Broadway dinner theater. They had uh, the two-tiered firing range for the kids. You could drive through the sopping trough and get a bluegill on a stick. And a kid's whiz-bang meal was a bluegill on a stick and a box of ammunition for the <laughs> so two-tiered iron <laughs> Did you always know you were going to do something in radio or be entertaining? or I mean, what was that career path from second grade to, to like getting a start? Did you work at a radio station as a teenager? How did you, you know, you had to... They make a living out of this somehow. There's a yes and a no to that. I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I got, I, I decided, I think I was like a lot of kids from rural, the rural world who, who didn't really expect that much more was going to happen than what they were doing as a kid. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be a farmer. My dad knew it. Um, he and my brother farmed together for years, and and I was like, no, I I don't want any part of it. And um, I went to college and received a degree in psychology and recreational therapy. And before before I before the end of the my senior year. I saw, I was walking down the hallway and I saw an audition poster. I saw two, one for Opryland, USA, and one for Dogpatch, USA, in no Arkansas. Idea. No idea. Okay. What is that? Dogpatch uh, was based on the Little Abner comic strip. And I auditioned for that. Just on a whim, I was so burnt out. I was like, I don't want to do college anymore. I need to do more college to make money. And I figured I was probably going to have to get a, you know, a PhD just to, just to make money. And I just didn't want to do it. And I had been kicking around playing guitar. And I, and it said, you know, music and skits and, all of this stuff. And so I, I auditioned for Dogpatch USA. And 
I did. Please tell me you got it. <laughs> I did. I did. My audition was I I copied a, a comedy duo, Hudson and Landry, from way back then, and they did. And that was where a lot of my the influence on me came from too was other comedy groups like that. Uh, they had an Ajax liquor store, which caused me to write an ad campaign very similar at iHeart, but uh, we can talk about. But they had Ajax liquor store, and the drunk guy would call the liquor store, and it was hilarious. Well, they also had a bit that was called Bruiser LaRue, and he was a gay football player. <clears throat> Back in the day. Yeah. So how did that play? Well, because that the we're not on video here, but the guy, the two guys that were there for the auditions, and they had driven, I don't know, three hours, and they were both sitting there with their eyes down, and their faces just shut tight, and they were doing everything they could to not not to laugh, mm -hmm. and so when I was done, this guy came up to me and he goes, "That was really good." <laughs> can you read the script and i read the script for for something but the sh the short of the long story is is that i i got the the part of pappy yokum who was little abner's dad and i walked around Dogpatch usa down in arkansas greeting people and doing comedy bits and uh wound up playing in a band on the park at the park a couple of days a week and i came back to missouri and i was like that's it and that's when right before i went down to arkansas is when i met our friend brad talbot and we i joined his band when i came back to missouri and then we both moved here in 80 84. And here he comes to nashville ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Common sense would tell you not to look to Joe and John for this, but time for life lessons from Joe and John. So that psychology degree played in somewhere. Some no, didn't do a damn did it did nothing. Did, 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 did anything. And so you come home and, and mom and dad are, are like, hey, it's your life. You ain't farming. That's the good and the bad of my parents. You know, and I would I would say that to them today if they were alive. I think they wanted anything for me. They wanted whatever I wanted to happen. Mm -hmm. And they were so supportive. And um, my mom would, uh, I played trombone in high school. My mom would chart out songs that I wanted to learn. And she was self-taught. She would, she would be writing charts. And your mother wrote you trombone songs. Yeah, trombone charts. That's true and, love. You still play it now? You still have it? I've never seen you with a trombone. Uh, no. Well, maybe across the street. Every once in a while. You Saturday gotta... night over here. <laughs> <laughs> At Lipstick Lounge. Yeah. In the three-legged lesbian races. <laughs> Eric Elliott on trombone, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it. So let's all uh, the way from... Uh, uh, from Missouri, <laughs> Dog Patch, Arkansas, Missouri or whatever. Yeah. Um, let's uh, turn it to when 
I think what's interesting about you, let's go to radio. You end up in radio. You were a production guy for decades. And what, what, what that means in radio is Eric's the guy that sales, you know, radio is generated by sales. Salespeople will sell anything. They're true money whores, but they have to be because that's how everybody in radio gets paid. You know, they're selling airtime. You can't see it. A car salesman sells a car, you drive away in a car, but they sell radio time uh, to build your business. Then they come to Eric and say, make a spot for me, make a commercial for me. And all the pressure and all the weight falls on Eric, <clears throat> excuse me, a guy like Eric to come up with something very innovative and funny to play on the radio where some commercials you go, God, I hate that commercial. Or others you'll go, I absolutely love this commercial. And yours were the beloved ones many times. <laughs> so how do you how did that how did all these traits that you talked about seem to come together when you became a production guy? Well to back up just a little bit, when I was I was a sophomore in college, my cousin Chuck was the morning guy on KBLT. KBLT, that's in, a sandwich. In, <laughs> in Baxter Springs, Kansas. And, and um, you got small towns down. That's and good. so <laughs> underneath the console was a two-way radio and the owner would sit in his house and if there was something that he didn't like, oh, geez. hey, <laughs> Constantly monitoring, doing? right? Yeah. yeah. Even if the mic was on. Hey, what are you doing? It's really good. So, um, I started, um, my cousin Chuck got me the, got me a gig overnights there. I was going to college, doing overnights, and, and trying not to kill myself in between with no sleep. And so, through that, a lot of that stuff started to develop i was like oh i have a microphone and i would do silly things and what are you doing you know and so i was like okay i know he's listening and i called it the big sandwich one night like here's a big sandwich kblt <laughs> not a sandwich now what do you do great he's just real radio you're and so so with the hudson and landry stuff and Jerry Lewis and a lot of those sort of comedy experiences I had as a kid just started kind of boiling up. So that was 1980. And um, so I did, a, I had a couple of gigs before I moved to Nashville, a couple of radio gigs. And so that was my fallback. And so I wound up going up to Glasgow, Kentucky. I'm Major media markets, by I'm, the way. I'm leaving out <laughs> yes. a large chunk of my life, a creative life, which was music. And no, I did not play bass, as you always said. Didn't you, you play did. bass? You did. You did play bass. No. Uh, so. Bass players are always late. <sighs> Slackers. My wife would be a bass player. <laughs> Didn't know. She, she. That's a t-shirt. That's good. <laughs> My wife would be a bass player. That is, yeah, that is. That, really? That's the new slogan. That we just got to figure really out how good. to market that and sell it to millions and very, make it go viral. That was very good and true, John. That was good. <laughs> so for about 
12, 15 years, I played music, wrote music, recorded, toured, uh, played with different people, played with Jason Ringenberg. Yeah, talk about, give uh, one of the, the band. The guy? Yeah. Oh, man. Jason, a guest on here. Give one of the bands and talk. This is, again, in the 80s, so we were just talking about the 80s. We were all that 80s kind of sound. You all yeah. were very creative. Brad Talbot's a, a fantastic artist, and I think he even did one of our Government Cheese album covers. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's a designer. You're very creative. You guys were an artsy rocking band. Yeah. Is that a way to, is that even a term? We were not. <laughs> we were more Melon. Way to nail it, Joe. We were more Melon Camp than we were uh, artsy. Okay, good. Sort of thing. Um, and we opened up for you in the questionnaires at the exit in. Yep. 1980-ish. Seven. Something. You yep. played guitar. Yeah. I'm going to say, right? Yeah. Did you sing? Yes. Of course. I was the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Um, Multi-talented. So... When I had my fill of that, which is a whole other 45 minutes, um, my fallback was radio. And during during a short period of time, Jerry Dale McFadden, has he been on the show? No, Jerry Dale was on our Government Cheese record label, an incredible piano player, and now he's been in the Mavericks for about, what, yeah. a decade, 15 years? Yeah, he was with them, and then he wasn't. And now he's he's been back with them for about that amount of time. Okay. So Dale and I, gosh, we got to like compress these stories. But he he told me about a radio station up in Mumfordville, Kentucky, WLOC one hundred two point three. Yeah, and it's you pick it up between mile marker you do <laughs> sixty three and mile marker forty five. Like that a carrier do. current station or and something. The, it almost <laughs> is, but it was the hippest. If you drove through the middle of Kentucky and caught onto this, you'd go, "This is the coolest radio station I've ever heard." Yeah. So we would go up there. I'll just shorten the story. He asked me to. He had been asked if he could come up and do a show once a week. And he goes, I don't know anything about it. Can you, yeah, I know you've done radio. Can you come up with me? And so we did the Lumpy Dale Double Eagle show. Because most of my friends call me Double Eagle. So we did this goofy show where we played dance instruction records. We played, um, we played mm-hmm. Garth Brooks version of Shameless at, at the exact same time as Billy Joel's and they were the same temp. They never left. It took us like an hour to get them queued up in these sync them just right, sync them just right in these CD players. And that's where, um, a lot of the characters that came about for Eldon Thacker and things that I used for production, um, came about. I came up with, um, the Reverend Wyoming T. Jug of the Mumfordville Fourth Baptist Church, twice removed. <laughs> well, can you? What would he give me like? a sniff? Yeah. Give me ten seconds of that. Uh, <laughs> he would preach on the evils of rock and roll, <laughs> and people would call up and they would, you know, He's donate. There. Yeah. How come you aren't doing obituaries? Yeah. What's this? It's a farm Wyoming report. Jug. What? There ain't no twice removed church in Mumfordville, you know, and then you get a call from a guy on, you know, this was during the time of those brick 
block um, cell phones. And we got a call, and this guy was out on the interstate, and he was like, what on earth is this? I'm from Chicago. I'm driving down to Nashville. I've never heard anything like this. So right. it was. So we I'll cut that off and and go to answer your question. Yeah, what was what was <laughs> where, where the? We go? I can't so remember. <laughs> I was looking. Um, I wound up through the the guy whose father owned that radio station was a guy named Joe Barry, mm-hmm. and everybody knows him as Joey. And six months after Dale and I went off to go play with Jason Ringenberg. I ran into Joe and he was like, Hey, uh, I've moved over to a station in, in Glasgow and hundred thousand Watts. They're looking for a morning guy. I said, I'm your morning guy. Yeah. And so I took this briefcase full of cassette tapes of Lumpy Dale and, and double Eagle shows to the owner's son of this radio station, WGGC. Glasgow 95.1 and um he he just laughed at me he was like um no (laughs) and his dad wanted to meet me and so I met his dad and he said I just want a Carl P Mayfield Jerry House show I want somebody who can write characters and do voices and I said I I am right here yeah and so a lot of that stuff, I started, I created Bob and Flip, Sop and Dip and Knob Lick. I, I got into a lot of trouble, had a lot of fun, um, just had the pure radio experience of, you know, being a big star in a tiny town. Um, so a lot of that stuff moved over to, before I left there, you and I, you started paying me to, to to, 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 to what? To, <laughs> you have my attention. To create stuff for beer hookers. Joe Elvis on yep. 103 WKDF. Yep. There you go. Hold on. Here we go. Rapid, 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 rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid. Rapid fire. It's so freaky to have the voice of the singers as a guest because you created, you know, a lot. Of, I mean, you did. We when we got when we gave, we gave you a laundry list of things, right, Joe? We did, and you created all these 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 magical uh, segues. We don't. It's uh, we send you the idea, and again, as we talked about, Eric creates it in his own mind and sent it back. Eric Elliott, the voice you hear on all these little sweepers. Um, I just think it's a magical talent your talent and we're going to see where your talents uh sit in some of these questions this is rapid fire so we ask the question you answer it and then we move on okay it never, never happens. works like that. never oh, okay. happens yeah. joe first question musician uh eric you're producing for apple a lot what's in your cd player do you listen to cds first question no what's what are you listening to now i love madison cunningham country no um, you have to experience Madison Cunningham. She is a monster. She's probably not even 30. Um, so she's 45 years younger than you, <laughs> but she, she is an 
unbelievable guitar player in in the realm of like Bruce Coburn. Okay. Like like what on earth do you have that thing tuned to sort of deal? And she's an incredible singer a la Joni Mitchell, Brandy Carlisle, mm. that kind of stuff. But I, I listen to a lot of Americana sort of stuff, you know. In all your times in radio, did you ever, were you ever fined by the FCC? And if you were, what's that 10-second story? What did you do to create um, the owner of the station having to pay? Is there a good story there? And are there too many to go alphabetical? I never got into that kind of trouble. No? I did uh, do a a bit one morning on April Fool's Day, which I, I truly hate April Fool's. And I was talking about how much I hated April Fool's. And... Uh, with with Joe Barry on my, on the show on WGGC, and I said, you know, uh, Joe, are you? Did you catch this story about it was nineteen? It was right after Kentucky won the national championship in like ninety six or something, and they won uh, ninety yeah ninety six with Mercer and Patino. Is that the group? They're ninety eight with Tubby. Could have been. It doesn't know. matter. You're taking up you 10 seconds. I am. I, you know what? Shut up. Yeah. He knows it. I'm going to find myself right now just for interrupting. <laughs> I knew but that. I, <laughs> I cares. I made up this story. Oh, it was uh, Jamal McGlure. Yeah. He was from Canada. And I said they had to give up the national championship because of his association with Canada. You, That's you said that in, in Kentucky, Kentucky about Kentucky basketball. Yeah. Those are fighting words. Yeah. That's good. And, and I was almost off the air. Yeah. I was that close. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, you don't mess were, with that. Oh wrote, my God, some that's, guy wrote a letter to the newspaper. so funny, though, that they took it seriously oh on April God. Fool's Day. Good <laughs> good one. Very good. Thank you. We, we, we talk Nashville on this show and ask everyone, favorite place to eat? Mmm. Uh, sweats. Oh, still? Yes. Been there forever, hasn't it? Describe yeah. sweats. Uh, grease. <laughs> it's a meat and three. It's a meat and three, and it's the best fried chicken you're going to find in town. Bar none. Amen. Yeah. Pet peeve of yours. Something that should be a two on a one to ten, and it's a nine. Mm. Golly. Probably rapid fire segment is probably so, what's, what's, seems what's eating his craw right man. now. Yeah, bit. he seems really entertained by this whole thing. A deep question. There's a wonder <laughs> there's wonder why sponsors are lining up for us, isn't it, Joe? Shocking, isn't it? Yeah. I, Mystery solved I, for you. So Double much, eagle. Have you done this before? Yeah. I'm so much like my mom. My mom was pissed at everybody. You know? Born why, in a bad mood. Why is that? I don't know, but it's in my blood. And I get ticked off at people. I don't know. I, um, I hate downtown Nashville. I'll put it yeah. that way. Okay. I hate so all the all the pedal bars. Yeah, downtown Nashville is a really hardcore tourist action yeah. now. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, I love Nashville. I love Nashville. Sure. I've had opportunities to move away, and I couldn't do it. And and uh, but man. 
all of that that business down there. Because okay. pe- people are having fun, and you're just an Eeyore? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, that's what you're saying. <laughs> What's your final question there, Joe? Okay, last one we always ask. What advice would you give your 18-year-old self now? Oh, brother. Skip college. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, I don't think... I think college is a scam. Well, I won't disagree with that okay, to a I think point. College is also a, list as a pet peeve. Yeah. Is a scam, and I, I think I would have, I would have liked to have started radio at eighteen instead of twenty. Not that that's a big difference, but I, I would tell eighteen-year-old Eric, keep the radio job, and you know, in in nineteen. No, in in 2007, you're going to be really disappointed and you'll want to get out of radio, but stay in that. Sure. And and don't get into music. Don't get into music, John. Joe and John have come to the fork in the road. Like he knows all these or something. It's very good. Tell him. I don't know. I guess what we should have had you do is just stay in character the whole time and randomly <laughs> spiel out things that come to to mind. The voice of Eric Elliott, who is the voice of the second cup of Joe. And John. John Eric, fork in the road. I want to re- rewind back to when we met um, in our broadcast era. You were working at a video place, I think it was. And is that where you were? Uh, Little Planet? Is that what? what oh, Yeah. And that's where uh, Eric's talents, uh, I've got exposed to him of how creative he was with his voices and just straight out comedy at looking at something and then describing it back in a six second sweeper or something. So I'd send Eric things that, not I guess ideas of stuff that was coming up or I knew I was going to make fun of. And Eric in his workplace would send them back. And uh, we got doing that for a while. Then Eric came and worked at Clear Channel Radio full-time in production. So we had a little one, two, 15-year career. Thanks to you. He's pointing at well, you. Yeah. Thanks to He's you. blaming you. To work it's the best hire they ever made uh, yeah. back there. It was terrific. So uh, for a fork in the road, what was it in your life? Well, I guess you kind of alluded to it. You always wanted to be in radio. But it took for anyone listening that, maybe wants to go beyond their comfort level. Like, I know I want to do this, but how can I step outside and really do it? You did it. You had a little safe, secure job at Little Planet doing your thing, but then you left it and even grew into your morning radio job, which was a huge jump uh, from you from for that. So what was it in your life that said, I'm going to go jump in with both feet now? Um, <laughs> I, this sound like I'm joking, but it was really desperation um, to the need to create. Uh, Once you get a taste of it and you, and this also kind of sounds egotistical, but you know, I know I have a talent. I know I can do these things. And um, I've also always said you wouldn't be here in Nashville if you didn't have a huge ego. It takes a large ego to decide that you want to be an entertainer or, uh, you know, some sort of creative person. And so um, 
I really wanted to do that. And I was coming into my own by the time that we met. And your your stuff that you would send to me, like, it really lit me up. It was like, oh, okay. I'm, this is outside of my box. And we started doing Harry Carey. And <laughs> uh, Eric's got a great Harry Carey. Do it. Time for a nice cold Budweiser. <laughs> Bill and Betty Jackson with us this afternoon. Lowing inside to Jody Davis. Ball two. 1984 <laughs> Cubs catcher, by the way. Zipsy. <laughs> yeah. Not, not like it gets, but gets past Eric me. would do the hairy voice and we'd make fun of Bill Boner, who was our mayor at the time or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, you would always you'd always take what people would know and then poke fun of a current person that everybody knew. And then yeah. off, you know, now here's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And I, if 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 I was given uh, at a clinic telling people what to do, that would be a large part of what I would say. Yeah. Take something that everybody knows and turn it into your own. Yeah. With some sort of twist. We used to do English speaking guy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what would that be? What was his name? Um, Leslie. Uh, who, oh, he was on it. Fox. He was, he was the, the Fox 17. Oh, uh, uh, and he's on uh, not, Fox. Not me and Leslie Nielsen. Not, Les- uh, uh, yeah, I know. That's the guy from. Uh, oh, Ashley. Ashley, we're so close now. Yeah. Ashley, and he went on to be on MSNBC on Fox or Fox now. or something, right? So what was I his became, name? Ashley, yeah, go ahead. I he became was, Leslie London, yeah. the English-speaking guy. And, oh, stay tuned for that fabulous little muffin, Laura Faber. <laughs> that is just creepy. Isn't it good? He, would, he was the local Fox 17 anchor who was British, and Eric would make fun of, it was, we would poke fun of everybody, but we'd use his voice, and then Fox 17 called over and said, stop <laughs> stop. it. Stop. Stop it right now. Stop it, because we have so many yes. people watching. You know, that well, they actually started their news department in News 2, at oh. WKRN, they they got the back, uh, uh, you know, four Storage or five room. off. And, yeah, they did. <laughs> and so there's there's Ashley and there's there's Laura, and they produced their newscast out of WKRN. WKRN needed money, and they paid, I think, like a million dollars a year to help produce. They used our cameras, our equipment, uh, and so I got to know Ashley. Apparently not well enough to know his last name. Last name, <laughs> but I can't I just, remember it either. I, but what's what's funny is that they don't have, they had no ratings. Why wouldn't they say stop it some more? Well, yeah. the, right, usually, just, yeah. I think this is awesome. They <laughs> keep it going. Their commercial would run within thirty seconds of me making fun of the guy. They spent a lot of money on our station, so I, they basically kind of said, "Hey, can we quit making fun of one of our best advertisers?" That little haughty Laura Faber. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna move on. <laughs> You gotta wear shades. So this is about um, if you're too so bright. We didn't use Timbuk three underneath this. Uh, I don't know why we didn't. The guy that produces didn't think about doing that. We steal everything else. Why not that? Steal that. But uh, uh, your future. What's bright about your future? What do you got going? What gives you hope when you wake up in the morning? This is supposed to be inspirational, motivational. We have absolutely driven most people 
<laughs> mad and depressed for the last 40 minutes. But no, we want this to be Nashville-centric. Like, man, I heard from Double Eagle, this is why Nashville, or this is why life's going to be okay. You got anything. <laughs> Come on, baby. I've just, I've, you've lost your will to live. Okay. Well, um, we don't have to get into it. I know we don't have time for it, but iHeartRadio was for the most part, it, it was it was a fun experience, but there was there were times where it sucked mm-hmm. corporately. No, yep. and we can all yeah, attest. And so, yep. to that, um, seventeen years working there was a blessing. Wow! And um, I walk in one morning, and they were like. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I've seen that finger. Yeah, I've seen that finger wag. Uh-huh. Dan wants to see you. Uh, <laughs> that's it. And so I was, I was out, and uh, it it was a shock, and I I couldn't breathe. I was sitting across from the dude, mm-hmm. and the douche. And then he goes, he goes, um, I got to read from this script. I just have to. It's mm-hmm. a corporate thing. I have to read from it. And he finished it, and he goes, and and just so you know, you're getting a full year's salary for severance. And I was like, what? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Great. It's been fun. And I literally lit, lit up. up. Funny. And I was like, <laughs> all right. I know. And, and so I walked out the door uh, just feeling like a million dollars and but also underneath it was like what on earth am i gonna do mm-hmm. yeah because you know working for the biggest show in town really my ex-wife was always like why don't you go to Stack lightning 100 Stack. because they pay ten dollars that's right <laughs> and so two months after i was let go i get a call from a former ops manager who says, I'm going to tell you a story, then I'm going to ask you a question, and then you're going to say yes. I said, okay. And he goes into this long story about how he has left his ridiculously paying great job at CAA and is taking over running Apple Music Country, which is going to be a new thing, and it's going to be headquartered in Nashville. And this was 2020. And he goes, you're my guy. I want you to come produce for me. And it's going to be this amount of money. <laughs> and, I was, and it was three and a half times what I had been making for 17 years at iHeart. Why'd you say no? Oh, I don't. That's yeah. not <laughs> so I, Good for you, you know, man. I said, yes, it's been incredible. It's, it's been a giant, uh, uh, thank you for not bringing up my personal life, Joe, but in my personal life, it's not been, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life and this was, uh, such a giant blessing that settled a lot of things personally for me on a, an emotional and spiritual level of like not looking over my shoulder anymore. And 
I, I produce a, a show that has Dave Cobb as the host, and he's the guy who produces Chris Stapleton and Brandy Carlisle and Reba McIntyre, and the list goes on and on and on, and uh, have a, a gigantic amount of fun and travel, and uh, it's it's incredible. Well, here, here's what I think, okay? I'm yeah. going to wrap this up real simple, here okay? Um, I don't know a darn thing about your personal life, and it sounds like a freaking train wreck, but I, <laughs> I, but it doesn't matter because what I know of you is, is. <laughs> is I do think there is karma professionally, and Joe, we're still waiting. For ours? We're, yes. <laughs> we are. But I do think if you're a good guy, if you got a work ethic, if you're talented, the reason you got that gig is is this this um, uh, aggregate career, though just the way you treated people and did your craft, and that was your payday. That was your. I didn't realize I didn't do it to get this job. I just did because that's how. In our business, you just got to be nice. You just can't. You can't be the a hole. You just can't. And oh, I feel like right. that was world the universe saying uh we're gonna we're gonna double eagle you've paid your dues professionally and now you got this gig that's me could i be wrong no are you inspired now let's go eagle (laughs) i just think that's cool that's a good story we don't hear a lot of people like joe and i that got 50 60 years and we're still waiting for that um rocket to come so to speak somebody call us yeah i mean it's just because you know because you have stuff to offer you have stuff to offer your experience you're you've done it you've made mistakes it's just uh good for you yeah uh, is what i'm saying thank you don't screw it up okay (laughs) don't blow it eric well i'm so close to the end now it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) well there's that yeah well eric um I've known you for decades. You're just a great guy. And Kim and I had our 27th anniversary last week, and we pulled out. I'm the, still hungover. We pulled out the VHS, <laughs> and uh, which of which, your wedding night or what? It's oh, you know, in those days, I you they still probably do it. There's a, there was a great photographer. We had the book. We were opening the actual photo album, and you had a video guy, and he would make a video of the whole night, oh, yeah. and then they'd send it back because you know, again, pre-internet, nobody had a video. Only video guys made the video, right? Right. Or right. unless you knew a TV guy who would do it for yeah. you. Often it was an off-duty camp photographer who did that for a living and it was great just watching the memories but all our friends at the reception you were in it a ton (laughs) and just revving up the party and you're exactly the same now as you were back then and uh just may god bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you eric you're just an amazing guy thank you and we're we're glad to have you a part of the team here on the second cup of joe and john it's the second cup of joe and john as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email the show, John at gmail.com. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John.